This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Baseball life. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, welcome back. Hour number two. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. 106.3 on the FM dial. Toward the bottom of the hour, we'll catch up with Matt Postens. Heartland College Sports. We'll dip into the Big 12 with Matt Postens. Let's get our friend Vinny Iyer in here from the Sporting News. Uh, is he's kind of in the final days before it hits the fan NFL-wise for <laughs> folks that do this for a living. Vinny Trenton, Ken, as always, thank you for finding time for us here in Des Moines. How are you, Vinny? Uh, doing well. Thanks for having me again, guys. No, listen, we appreciate your contribution. Uh, we had a listener uh, ask us to ask you, and we'll do this right off the bat. If you've heard anything, Vinny, uh, pursuant to hard knocks, my theory is is HBO is holding out to see if there is anything that happens with Aaron Rodgers and potentially the Broncos or the Raiders, which seemingly are the two teams that uh, make the most sense and I believe both are eligible for hard knocks. Uh, what have you heard, Vinny? Usually we know by now where the HBO cameras are going to be in August. Yeah, I think uh, they're figuring out, and obviously the protocols are going to change here, so that's Good probably point. something they're working out as well. And, and State by state, we know they're different. So there's that as well. So they have to, might have to do something out of uh, convenience. There's all the various rules about uh, playoff recent teams and new coaches. So you can do some math and logic problems to try to uh, figure out. But, yeah, I, I think it's a waiting game a little bit to see what happens here. And, uh, again, uh, they do it uh, for those – Rookie coach teams apparently to not be a distraction, but right. sometimes those are the most interesting teams at the same time. So we'll see where they end up uh, for sure. It'll it'll be fun. Uh, look, it, it's an up and down type of series. Some episodes and mm-hmm. some seasons are better than others. So I think they're going to look for the best drama, but in the end, they just might be stuck with whatever is the most convenient for what they want to do filming-wise this year. Well, hopefully we get a compelling one, interesting one, and even if it's not the best, it's always good every single year. Just the voice, the sounds, the pads popping, it's football, and it means that it's coming back in a big-time way. Vinny, uh, well, Ken brought up Denver, certainly a place that makes a lot of sense. Are they waiting for the Aaron Rodgers? So, you know, just thinking about this, and it's a conversation I know we've had before, there's never been any definitive news. There's never been Aaron Rodgers outright saying, I want out of Green Bay. There's things he's been disappointed with. But when Adam Schefter came out with the tweet that seemingly changed everything in the Green Bay organization, it wasn't one moment. It wasn't one quote. It was a culmination of all these things. Have we, at times, maybe just overreacted to what felt like a dire situation with Rodgers and Green Bay? Well, I, th- I think what Aaron Rodgers wants is what Tom Brady's enjoying, is that mm. Tom Brady's having a lot of fun out there. He's doing whatever he wants. He's in the public spotlight a lot more than he was 
with the Patriots, and he just wants look. Trust me, I've been an employee at a high level for a long time. Just let me do what I want. Let me in on your decisions, and that's all he's asking for. I think with Tom Brady, I mean, they even asked him uh, what they're going to do at the back of quarterback and figure out what they're going to do in the draft there. So, I mean, Kirk Cousins got that from the Vikings. I mean, it's just a common courtesy you're going to tell quarterbacks they're starting to look, especially when you're using a first-round pick. I mean, some of these other teams are using later-round picks on their quarterbacks of choice and uh, telling you, I mean, I mean, they consulted Brady and Kyle Trask, and what that does is they bring the quarterback into being an important part of kind of an extension of the coaching staff. I think there's that individuality that NFL players are looking for that NBA players seem to enjoy, and I think everyone's looking at the Brady model. So, look, if I'm a quarterback at an elite level, for a long time, I should be enjoying that kind of like kind of chill situation as Tom Brady's that you can do whatever you want. You can have fun. You know, he's going to show up and be awesome when it comes down to it. So I I think they're going to have to keep massaging the situation, keep working on it. I don't think he's going to sit out this year. I I don't think it's financially feasible. I don't think it's going to help him or the team in any way to have a breakup this year. And I don't think he wants to end up to going to a team like Denver (laughs) <laughs> trying to win with there. I think he wants to have the freedom and the power of that. And at, at this point, uh, there's not much that has upside uh, leaving Green Bay in the short term. So I think what has to happen is there has to be assurances that, look, uh, maybe there's a situation where he can become a free agent next year. And then if the mm-hmm. Packers want to show him the love, they can be the team resigning him. If they're not, they can then move on and Third Jordan Love in uh, 2022. Yeah, there was a report that came out this week, and apparently it's legit that he actually can opt out, as any, every NFL veteran can, of the season, but has to do so by the 2nd of July, which is Friday. But if they do opt out, they can't play. I mean, there, there's no getting, I really didn't mean it. I want, I, I want to play the final eight weeks. If you opt out, you're out for the year. I just don't see him... Uh, doing that, so we'll see where it goes, Vinny. Uh, but it is clearly one of the uh, talkers uh, of the, of the off season. You know, back to Brady for just a second. Apparently, and I didn't see it, but I did see some Twitter on it that he's starting to float out there. And you would think that sooner or later, it's got a reality's got to sink in that he's nearing the end. Um, is, is, could this be his last season, Vinny? Or what would it take for Tom Brady after this year? I mean, injuries aside, to to walk away. I think it would just have to stop being fun. And he's got some guys in there that are making it fun. I mean, Rob Gronkowski playing with him makes it fun. Now, if Gronkowski says, this is my last year, I'm done for sure this time around, and he's walking away and the Bucks start to break up a little bit, that could happen where they don't have that feeling of the championship team with big contracts around the corner. They were able to manage that this year. But we also know that the salary caps are going to be friendly to maybe keep the Bucks around even longer. So as long as that window is somewhat open with the Bucks to win championships, and right now, I mean, it's very rare for a team in the modern era to have all the players intact here from a Super Bowl team, and they maybe even get better than that. So it doesn't happen at all for any team. It never really happened for any of the Patriots teams. They always had quite a bit of turnover from year to year. So uh, looking at this, I mean, I think he's going to play as long as it's fun, and I think in a way, this rejuvenates him when he doesn't have to be locked down in the off season, where he can have fun. He can uh, go on uh, the shop, or he can go on James <laughs> Corden. And these are things we haven't seen from Tom Brady very often, right? I mean, we just yep. didn't see that when he was with the Patriots. So if you're having fun with the whole aspect of it and being Tom Brady and playing in the match 
and all that stuff mm. that goes on, then you're going to keep doing it. And again, if your body doesn't give out, and I didn't see any sign of that last year, um, and he can do this routine and whatever he's doing, I I think he could play it for at least three more years. Mm, geez. Um, Vinny I from the Sporting News is our guest. You mentioned going on the shop. Who was he referencing when he said he couldn't believe they kept that beep uh, hole? Um who do you think he was referencing? I mean, it's been a big. Everybody's trying to pinpoint, and he won't say. Does it? What was it? The Bears? Was it the Raiders? Do you have an opinion, Vinny, on who he potentially was referencing when he couldn't believe that they were going to keep him and not sign me? Well, I think the way he said it, and I'm just reading into it a little bit that way, is someone he knew very well. Like it's, so he was kind of Apple? joking with that. Yeah, so it could be Garoppolo. I mean, that was the initial reaction. But it also there's a also kind of a hidden thing that I've heard. It could be Drew Brees, just for mm. – so there's that. Because the Saints were kind of one of those fringe-interested teams in Tom Brady. And I, I think he would be someone he could joke with to say that. And, and joke with maybe not directly to their face, but joke around it. So it's got to be someone he somewhat knows, I think. And that's why Jimmy Garoppolo popped up. He's good friends with Breeze. We saw them interact after the, the playoff game last year, stay on the field and do all that. So yeah. I think he's having fun saying things and making people guess. I, I think that's part of Tom Brady is that he's going to mess with you, <laughs> social media or whatever. I mean, he does that well with other players and all that. He has a good social media team. So very calculated probably what he said because they knew it was going to get a lot of attention, a lot of speculation, I think. At least a couple of outlets. I think somebody joked on Twitter that uh, someone's going to get 30 posts out of this <laughs> that aren't the Buccaneers or Patriots uh, talking about every other quarterback in the league. Really cool event uh, last week, Vinny, in Nashville. The tight end you as George Kittle came together with Travis Kelsey, Greg Olson. I'll put this together. A bunch of NFL uh, guys were invited to it. Unfortunately, the national story became, oh, Tim Tebow wasn't invited. <laughs> Who gives a crap? He's not a tight end. He's not a professional football player until he makes the team in my mind. That aside, though, really cool event and something where, you know, George Kittle, we know him here in the state of Iowa. He's a goofy dude. He has a lot of fun here. But a way to kind of build the brand and build the brand for tight ends, the guys that have to be able to both do the blocking and the catching. Really cool event, though. Your takeaway from that. Yeah, I was looking into it actually more. I was watching some of the tape from most of the players there. And, yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. It's almost like a tight end union. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost like fighting for tight end rights in the NFL. I, I saw Greg Olson's quote. It's very interesting. He was talking about we do everything that a $15 million left tackle does. We do everything that a $15 million wide receiver does. But most of us get only paid uh, 7 to $10 million. So, I think as a point, I think this position is also having a resurgence. It was maybe questionable there when Gronkowski was retiring, who's going to be next? And Travis Kelsey took it to another level, George Kittle, then you have Darren Waller emerge there for the Raiders. And now you have TJ Hawkinson in position to be like George Kittle, his Iowa uh, fellow player there. So I'm excited for this position. Then you have Kyle Pitts go in the first round to – to get that, and you have Gronkowski back, and so many young uh, tight ends that you can look at. Uh, Dallas Goddard is a guy that could break out at some point here soon and really uh, emerge from Zach Ertz's shadow. So, so many players there at that position that you have Noah Fant that I'd like to see more out of as well. Me too. <laughs> uh, uh, and a couple, two, two guys that I would really keep an eye on 
this year. Uh, Irv Smith there of the Vikings, he's now the sole guy that we were going to look out. Tyler Higby's going to be around that uh, he can really uh, kind of break out with uh, Gerald Everett gone. And one name that I'm going to throw out for fantasy players that I think is going to be a bigger factor than a lot of people think is Adam Troutman of the Saints. I think Ooh. they're going to unleash him a little bit uh, with their new quarterback. And again, that's a void in their offense. They don't really have that Next target, so I'm a guy that tight end is my favorite position in the NFL. I like these guys. I, George Kittle is one of my favorite players, even though he went to Iowa and not Northwestern. <laughs> but it's all fine there. But I, I, I'm excited for it. I'm glad those guys are trying to kind of stand out a little bit more because, look, they're the fun guys. They're the they're not the divas. They're not the kind of uh, pretentious guys. They're out there having fun. And uh, what you love about all of them is they really like the game. So Adam Troutman, that, that's a that's a deep sleeper there at the tight end position. Vinny, we know you love fantasy football a whole bunch I here. It, it's a sporting news. Yeah, how how deep are you into it right now? I mean, you're doing your NFL preview stuff. Is the fantasy stuff that you're kind of doing side by side with it? Is this something you dig into a little bit later on in the summer? How does that work for you? Because we know that's a big piece of what you do at the sporting news. Yeah, and uh, shameless plug also for Lockdown Fantasy Football. We roll on. We're doing a June mock draft there. So I'm going through all the teams here in a mock draft and what it might look like in June. So check it out on Lockdown Network and all the good shows there. So if you haven't checked it out, uh, any of your favorite teams there up in Iowa, Mm -hmm. college and NFL, uh, we've got you covered there in Lockdown. So there's a little bit of promo there. But, yeah, I think I look at it side by side and uh, just – I put reality and fantasy in the same kind of basket to me. I think they are related because if you understand fantasy, you're going to understand the game of the NFL a little bit better. And overall, I mean, there's a lot of nuance, little things you look for. You can dive deep into players. And you, and it's not just the skill players. You look at the offensive lines. You look at the defenses. There's all these things that you look at in a different perspective. So I personally feel if you're analyzing the NFL, and you're not looking at it as a fantasy and reality perspective at the same time, you're really missing out on the one big half of what the league is all about. Hmm. Uh, Vinny, I want to take you to the AFC North. Um, who's going to finish last in that? I have, I guess where I'm going, Vinny, I have a significant betting opinion on this division. Who's going to finish last? Yeah, this one is tough. Like, this has come up more than I thought this offseason on every time I put on the TV and the people are talking about this division. So um, it's a tough one. I mean, and, la- and the, the problem is last place could be 9-7. and seven, Or, sorry, 9-8 and eight could be last place this year. That's something I have to get used to a little bit. 9-8 yep. and eight certainly could be last place in this division. Well, hopefully so, it's 8-9 and nine because my number's under 8.5 for the team that I think is going to have a significant uh, fall from yeah, grace. Yeah, I, I think people are feeling the Steelers a little bit. I feel like the Steelers could help rebound a little bit as they maybe focus on the running game and defense and take the ball out of Ben Roethlisberger's hands. So that's really what happened in Cleveland last year. They became a running team, took the ball out of Baker Mayfield's mm-hmm. hands in key situations. Well, I think I'm more interested on who might finish first and might spoil things a little bit. Okay. But, yeah, I, I, I'll i just say I don't think Cincinnati is going to finish in last. I'll just say that. I'm with that's, you. That's just my gut. I'm, it's my gut. I think Joe Burrow is going to have a very big year. I think it's a team that people are forgetting about a little bit with their offense. And 
Again, I'm going to say that the team with the weakest offense finishes last, and the team that had the weakest offense to me that looked the worst at the end of last year was the Steelers. I mean, you have offensive line issues there that you have to figure out. Ben Roethlisberger didn't look very good nope. in the final game. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I think, is going to get better with the wide receivers improving around him as well this year. So you have Lamar Jackson. That running game is going to be fine. Cleveland is loaded, we know, to run the ball. Cincinnati's got three really very good receivers there, and T. Higgins and, uh, and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd is still there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think if I was going to lean somewhere to make it interesting – I would say the Steelers in last place. I'm with you. I just want to be eight and nine because under that eight and a half, Vinny. I just think that the Steelers look. Their fans have been spoiled. They've had a heck of a run, but the Ravens and the Browns are going to fight it out. And I totally agree with you that uh, Cincinnati uh, is is going to be better. Vinny, last thing. Uh, I know that. Um, well, we know our audience, if they've listened to our show, know that you're a three-time Jeopardy champion. Uh, at the thesportingnews.com, you rank the Jeopardy uh, hosts. How much? How difficult was it for you to come up with that list and to place them where you think they belong? It was difficult. I mean, everyone has their favorites, and there's some people that want Aaron Rodgers higher. There's some that want uh, Anderson Cooper and some of these others higher, but I and there's going to be a personal bias because we know that. I mean, it's yeah. different uh, host field of different people. And, uh, and maybe my most controversial was putting my Bialik third, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think uh, there, I, there was like a nerdy connection I felt with her, and I couldn't explain what it was, but the way she was uh, delivering the show, and I think she kind of combined a lot of good elements there. But Aaron Rodgers certainly, he surprised me how well he, he did, and uh, – now, now I'm a little disappointed that Peyton Manning yeah, <laughs> is one of the Jeopardy right. hosts because that, in a, another article I did was looking at the College Bowl. That was a lot of fun mm-hmm. last week with the, him and uh, Cooper hosting that show. Did on, you watch it, Vinny? Is it any good? Yeah. It, it's not bad. Okay. If you like uh, trivia and you like the Mannings, yeah. you're going <laughs> like, to like the show. And uh, I think tonight, I, I think this is the next episode and uh, Tennessee and Ole Miss are playing, so I think that's a little bit of fun, but... I, I find Cooper to be very amusing, and I think he's always been the underrated Manning, and now mm-hmm. he's kind of uh, getting the spotlight with Peyton. So, yeah, I thought Peyton was very good hosting that show. I mean, he just kept it coming. He had the speed. He could. Uh, so maybe he should get a shot here at some point as well to host Jeopardy, but uh, I think they'll probably have a decision here at the end of August. Uh, uh, six more hosts to go. So hard to believe wow. they're going to have 16 Jeez. guest hosts. Uh, Sanjay Gupta's up now. I think the last guy on the board is Joe Buck. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting, interesting how they make that decision. And uh, we know LeVar Bird is uh, trying to push to be the odds-on favorite, but he's going to get his chance as well. So it'll be fun to see what happens. But I think this has just been a great year for the show just to honor Alex Trebek in this way, all the charity money they've given away. So in the end, we all win with the show, and I think uh, – Alex would really like the way uh, things have gone um, since he's left us. Vinny, great stuff. Thanks for popping on. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, Vinny Iyer. Thank you. All right, thank you. Good to talk to you. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Uh, what was the Locked On? Uh, the Locked On Network. So locked they have a Locked On. It's ep- like a podcast network? Yes, and it's basically every professional team, most college teams, they have a, a podcast for. I know there's a Hawkeye one. I, uh-huh. I've listened to it. Uh, Who young guy, from- I don't know his name, okay. but he did a really good job. I was very impressed by hmm. listening to him. Like I think a guy from the from the state of Iowa. Yeah, I think he's from the east side of the state. I think okay. it might be 
recent grad or, or still in yeah. college at the University does, does, of Iowa. Do the clones have a guy doing one? I haven't seen that one come across the, my feed, but uh, yeah, a podcast network with basically everything that you can imagine. Have we reached the peak of podcasts? I mean, is there, is there going to come a point where there's just... Uh, I mean, how many can you listen to? Right. Well, everybody has one, so it just keeps going and going. And there are certain set that know how to monetize it very well. How? I I mean, it's advertising, right? Right. And you have these numbers that you can look at very strictly. You know, ultimately, a radio diary is ultimately a guess. It is a snapshot of Mm -hmm. a couple hundred people that fill out their diary. And that's what you get here. It's tracked on your phone. Right. So 43 you, people listened yesterday. Yes, and it's right. very easy to see, uh-huh. all right, this amount of people, be it dozens, hundreds, thousands, and it's very easy, all right, you go to advertiser, this is the exact But number. if you're not like, uh, who's, uh, Bill Simmons, does he still mm-hmm. do one? Yes. Uh, and he's one of the first ones to really go big, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're not that guy, you and I are starting a podcast and 19 people are listening to it. Yeah. And we build it up and in, in a year we've got 84 I mean, how do we make money? You don't. You don't at that level. Right. right. Then you have to build it. You have to find a way. And these I've networks, never understood it. Yeah. It's just doing the same job, just in a different format, just for people's phones as opposed to the radios. I guess. Yeah. Um, Matt Poston's coming up next. Heartland, does he have a podcast? I'm sure he does. <laughs> um, he's got a little nugget. So, you know, he does his college football preview he works with a number Absolutely. of people yes he does he does a good job at it uh this is a national preview magazine mm-hmm. and there's a cover athlete from our state is there matt postens will tell about trey it lance was on it last year was he, he was. not yes That's what i thought good remember yeah. yeah um well we'll talk to him next miller and condon 1460 kx and 106.3 um Trent Condon here with you. There's two kinds of rental property owners. The do-it-yourself guy and the renter's warehouse guy. You know DIY guy. He insists on handling everything himself, even if it makes him miserable. Renter's warehouse guys are a lot happier because they let my friends at renter's warehouse handle all their property management headaches. Like when a tenant clogs a crapper, DIY guy grabs a plunger, heads over, opens the lid, and nearly passes out. Renner's Warehouse guy, he lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. When tenants are late with rent, DIY guy interrupts his workday to call them, email them, text them, until he's wasted his entire day. While Renner's Warehouse guy lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. And when a tenant has an emergency at 3 in the morning, DIY guy has to roll out of bed and handle it himself. Because when you're a DIY landlord, your tenant's problems are always your problems. Renner's Warehouse guy, he sleeps soundly through the night. When it comes to your property management, let Renner's Warehouse handle it. Get your free rental price analysis at Renner'sWarehouse.com today. That's Renner'sWarehouse.com today or call 515-528-44 or Facebook. Victory Mounds is your ace when it comes to premium baseball and softball products and services. Utilizing our vast game and industry expertise, we sell portable pitching mounds, field equipment, and field products that we trust, use, and have used when coaching or playing. But that's not all. Victory Mounds Field Consulting Services can help you improve the quality and playability of your field. And our marketing and communication services can help you promote your facility business. Visit VictoryMounds.com to see what Victory Mounds can do for you and your 
Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on. Com for details. Now back to Middle and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial as we take you until noon. Trent's play of the day coming up here. Before we get out of here, about five minutes before noon, right now, Matt Post and boy wears a lot of hats. Very busy. Uh, Cowboys, part of Cowboys Nation, right? Uh, fan Nation, DallasBasketball.com with his Mavericks writing, Heartland College Sports with the Big 12, College Football America. I don't know how you find time, Matt Postens. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I, I have a deal with the devil. I get a few extra hours a day every day. You must, man, because you do, you, you certainly do, uh, follow a lot of teams. Well, Trent T's going into the break, the College Football America, the, the yearbook that you guys put out, and you put it, you put an extremely, a uh, lot of effort behind it. Uh, it's a really good resource. Uh, it's got to be close to, um, close to being finished, I would think. And Trent said there's someone from the state of Iowa that is going to grace the cover. Want to shed some light on yeah. that? Yeah, I can. Uh, so we, uh, we try to put a player, uh, on the cover every year that we feel like is going to have a, uh, significant impact nationally. And, uh, this year we've, uh, put Brock Purdy, the quarterback for Iowa State on the cover. So, uh, if you buy a cover of the, if you buy the yearbook once it's out, which we hope it'll be out in mid July with all the spring football, it's kind of thrown back our production schedule a little bit, a little bit. But, um, if you buy a copy of the yearbook, uh, Brock Purdy, uh, will be on the cover. Last year was Trey Lance, if memory serves, and that worked mm-hmm. out very well. And Brock Purdy this year. Well, it's it's going to be a fascinating year in Ames. I think everybody here feels that way. You know, the more I, I start to dig into this thing, and I just... Are we sleeping on Texas? I guess the big question to me when I look at this Texas Sleeping team, on Texas? It's crazy to think, yeah. right? With with all of that talent that they get. Is it the quarterback position, Matt, that maybe people... I mean, Ellinger was a terrific player, right? And he started for four years. Uh, so they've got to replace him. I know they've got a freshman that everybody loves, but it's a freshman getting thrown into the Big 12. Hand, I think. Hand's his last name. Um is, is is that maybe why that uh, Texas isn't isn't automatically that next team that people talk about after Oklahoma? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, they they had such stability at quarterback. If you think about you know when they had Colt McCoy, I mean he was their starter. I think for three or four years, so they had a lot of stability. And then there was a period there where they didn't have a lot of stability at that position, and they struggled a little bit. And uh, I think that's that's part of what's kind of given a lot of Texas fans pause this year. I mean, they have some good candidates in house uh, guys that played behind Sam for a couple of years that are experienced. They've got the talented freshman you mentioned, you know, Steve Sarkeesian has a lot of options, which is uh, a good thing to have in this situation, but it can also lead to, you know, that paralysis by analysis. You don't know who the starter is going to be. They might split time between two guys. They might split time between three guys. 
it's really hard to say at this point. The one thing they do have, which is good, is they have eight other returning starters, including Bijan Robinson, the sophomore running back. Mm-hmm. They, their entire left side of their offensive line is coming back. So they have some pieces uh, around him, whoever that quarterback will be, uh, that can at least keep this team uh, in, in good shape going into early in the season. And then the hope is you, know, you get through the first three games, uh, of the regular season, which aren't terribly imposing, Louisiana, Arkansas, and Rice, and you get into conference play starting with Texas Tech and TCU before you go to the Red River shootout with the Oklahoma, hopefully whoever the quarterback is has grown to the point where they can, can handle the fire. Speaking of TCU and Gary Patterson's squad, found it interesting they have as many starters coming back as Iowa State team that was very close and Max Duggan plays against Iowa State they might have beat the Cyclones a year ago we know how good of a coach Patterson is plays the entire game yes as opposed to just the second half if you look at this TCU team you look at the roster do they have enough to be that team that sneaks up there and gets in to the top three maybe a chance to play in the championship game do you believe that much in this TCU team they certainly do on the defensive side I mean that front seven for them could be one of the more dominant units in the league. Uh, O'Shawn Mathis had a great year last year. Uh, Kari Coleman was the co-defensive freshman of the year in the Big 12. I I think he has the chance to be a a really explosive player for them this year. Uh, Don't forget Noah Daniels is coming back from an injury. He was a top cornerback for them before he got hurt. So you put him along with Hodges Tomlinson D.J. Caesar, who got uh, a lot of time at death last year. Uh, they brought in a couple of kids from Memphis on the defensive side of the football. Also brought in Obena Ezi, uh, left tackle from Memphis. So he's going to play for them this year. I think it's a combination of how good is their defense, how dominant can their defense be, and how much progress can Max Duggan make from last year to this year. I thought he had a very productive year last year you know, and, and took a step up from his previous year. Now they really need him to take a step forward and start, you know, creeping into that category of being a top three or a top four quarterback in this league. Because when their offense is humming, they can be competitive with anybody in the conference. Uh, I don't have a lot of questions about their defense. It's really going to be whether or not their offense can keep pace with the rest of the teams in this conference. Mm. Zachary Evans, too. I mean, he was, he was uh, arrived with all of those accolades, all that hype. And I know he missed some time, uh, but uh, anxious to see him play a full year. And Trent, you might be onto something uh, with these Longhorns. You know, I was for a while, West Virginia was kind of my yeah. team out of that next tier. I'm leading back the TCU way to West Virginia, Oklahoma State also mm-hmm. in that tier. Anybody else you like in kind of that next tier in the Big 12, Matt? I, I honestly think those are the teams. Yeah. I mean, when you look at Oklahoma and you look at Iowa State right now, they they both have so much talent. Iowa mm-hmm. State has more talent than I can ever remember them having. Right. It's Obviously, true. that doesn't necessarily mean they'll be the best team in the conference, but yeah. you've got to have that talent in order to be successful, and Oklahoma's the same way. Uh, I think Oklahoma – I don't think people are treating Oklahoma the way they should be this year because they have so much coming back at key positions. They have guys who are experienced. Uh, Spencer Rattler should have a, I mean, he had a great year last year. He should have a much better year this year. Uh, I, I, I feel like who, if Texas or TCU or West Virginia or Oklahoma State, any of those four teams are able to leap into those top two spots, it's going to be because they've exceeded expectations and they've maxed out at a place where we didn't expect them to max out. Yeah, indeed. Uh, that's Rattler. He certainly had his moments. There were other games you could see that he's a young quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and and Matt, every mock that you see, 
This is, um, if it's not Howell in North Carolina, it, it's Spencer Rattler, the first quarterback coming off the board. Is he, in your mind, that kind of talent? I, I, I don't know if he's that kind of talent yet. I mean, I'm interested to see how much progress he makes this year because, uh-huh. you know, last year was so, you know, different right. with COVID. There weren't a lot of off-season workouts. Mm-hmm. Kids aren't on campus. They're on campus this year. So Spencer's getting, you know, full-time coaching from Lincoln Riley and the staff now and the strength and conditioning coaches and everything else that happens in the summer. So I could definitely see his game taking a transformative leap this year, given all of that. And I think that would put him in a position to be a top five pick next year. But there's also, you know, you think about Baker and you think about Kyler and you think about Jalen Hurts. Those guys have put him in position to where scouts naturally go look at a quarterback from Oklahoma now as somebody that needs to be considered in the first round of the draft. So some of it's reputation just based on the program. But I think there's definitely a chance for him to take a significant jump because they're having a traditional offseason this year, and that's going to help him greatly in those areas Fair where point. he struggled, especially early in the year with defensive recognition and making the right decisions with the football when he's on the run. You know, Oklahoma, we know they're going to be good. They're going to be talented. It's seemingly year after year. You're number five for Lincoln Riley, but the big knock and the bugaboo has been once the playoffs comes, they get clubbed. I saw ESPN, their post-spring, had them number one. Yeah. Have they closed the gap? Is is the gap still as significant as we've seen between them and the Alabamas of the world? Or is that closing at least for 2021? Uh, I think the gap is a little closed. I, do I mean, you know, probably not all the way, but just a little bit. I mean, when you think about how that defense played the second half of last year right. and the, the, the adjustments that uh, Alex Grinch was able to make on the defensive side of the football, when you, when you have a guy like Nick Bonito coming back to the outside linebacker position, and Perian Winfrey inside at the nose guard position, and they've got a, a great safety tandem in Turner Yell in the field. Uh, I feel like they have a real foundation, and they have flat owned the transfer market in the spring. I mean, Tennessee, every, half the teams there. Yeah, every major transfer, well, not every major transfer, but every time a good transfer hit the market, Oklahoma seemed to get them. So it's not just that they have great players coming back. They have great transfers coming in that could be a part of their team immediately. Uh, that's helped them bridge the gap a little bit. And, you know, they're going to have to show that they can integrate those players together. Um, I think I look at their schedule and I say to myself, you know, one loss. And, and maybe that loss is to Iowa State. Maybe it's a weird loss to somebody else like Oklahoma State in the Bedlam game at the end of the season. But I, I see a schedule where, honestly, they could go undefeated. I really do. Yeah. Uh, with that game against Iowa State uh, in uh, on November 20th mm-hmm. being the game that could you know derail that undefeated season, but I can see it. I, I think they're good enough to do it. I'm with you. I, I feel bad for our friends to the west of us in Lincoln who are going to see uh, Oklahoma because and and you know what uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma used to mean uh, in the world of college football. It's going to be brutal. Uh, I know that. Uh, let's get to this, Matt, because you cover the Cowboys uh, for uh, under the Sports Illustrated umbrella. Somebody's going to win the East. I made a fool of myself last year. I had the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. They went six and ten. Not the first time I made a fool of myself, by the way, but. I still, you know what, I think I'm still on this team, and I think they're better uh, this year. They get the quarterback back. Uh, Dallas has to be the favorite in the East, right? I, I think they are at this point, although I think Washington is Washington's going to be a really interesting team next year. Um, 
you know, I feel like they've they've upgraded their talent in a lot of different places. They're coming off a playoff berth. They're changing up quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I think they have the staff to handle that. I think with the Cowboys, it's all about their defense. Bringing in Dan Quinn, they're they're going to try some potentially some very unique things. They're looking at the, a player like Keanu Neal as a linebacker as opposed to being a safety. Uh, they've got a lot of flexibility up front. They've got you know the health issues they had in their defensive last year have been corrected. Um, they really made an effort in the draft to, you know, go out and get defensive guys like Micah Parsons out of Penn State. I'm not sure every one of those guys is going to pay off for them this year, but I think their first two or three picks could play a lot of minutes, or a lot of time on the field almost immediately. They have that kind of talent. Um, they've got to get better against the run. They've just got to get better on defense because this offense could potentially be one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL this year, especially with Dak back and these healthy for a full season. The defense does not have to be fantastic. It just has to be good. It just has to be middle of the road, and that team could win 10 or 11 games pretty I, easily. I'm, and, I'm with you. And, and get back to the playoffs. And it's, it's really all about what Dan Quinn can do with that defense this year. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports uh, covers the Cowboys, covers the Mavericks, college football yearbook on its way, Heartland College Sport. Follow Matt on Twitter, Poston Postcard. Uh, Matt, as always, thank you for what you do for us. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Appreciate it, Matt. You bet. Thank you. Thank you, Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. We'll take a timeout. Play of the daytime, TC. No pressure. Oh, I'm ready to roll. That's coming next. 1460 KXNO 106. Some roofing companies come and go like a passing storm. Here today, gone tomorrow. Not Wolf Roofing. Wolf Roofing has been serving Central Iowans since 1993. From basic repairs to complete re-roofing projects, Wolf Roofing has the expertise to get your job done right. We have a team of highly trained and certified people, both in the field and behind the scenes, who care about your project. For a job done right, get the professionals at Wolf Roofing a call at 225-8866 or find us on the web at wolfroofing.net. Trent Condon here for K-Guard, leaf-free gutter system. After wind took down a gutter at my house a few weeks back, I did the research and it pointed one way to K-Guard gutter system. The Manning brothers are Central Iowa guys that grew up here and take pride in the work that they do. And that certainly showed at my home. Professional installation on most homes in one day. No more worries about clogged gutters. Contact K-Guard Iowa today for a no-cost consultation at 515-795-7069-795-7069 or online, kguardiowa.com. A business name is important? Sure. For one, it's how we connect with you, find you, and do business with you. But what's behind the name matters more. Roshan Corporation of Iowa is now Graphite Construction Group. We're building offices, retail centers, tenant improvements, schools, and more. But the most important thing we build? Our relationship with you. Let's get started on your construction project. Visit us at graphitegrp.com. Woohoo! For the Hawkettes, lays the bunt down. Safety squeezes on the throw is high to first. Going to second is going to be Palmer. Here comes a run to score. Here comes a second run. The throw, the play, the tag. In time. Out at the plate. Play of the day brought to you by CISN. The call from Paul Yeager 
High School Softball on CISN. The Battle of Ankeny Centennial and the Ankeny Hawkettes doing battle. Down by two, the safety squeeze and thrown out trying to score that second run. A good one last night and always good sports happening at CISN.TV. Tomorrow night, it'll be baseball. Southeast Polk hosting Valley. Then a big week next week. It starts with softball with Waukee hosting Southeast Polk on Tuesday, July 6th, followed by Des Moines Menace Soccer on Wednesday and Saturday, both at 7 o'clock. You can catch it all at CISN. Dot TV, just search on YouTube and where you can find high school sports in the Des Moines Menace all season long. Thank you for our play of the day. Time for the play of the day, Trent Condon. And we've got basketball tonight, mm-hmm. no hockey tonight. We've got baseball tonight. We've got a lot of opportunities as the anthem is going to be sung in a lot of places. What are you going to do? Well, we also have Euro going on right now oh, as the okay. Germans and the, and the Brits are doing battle. Sweden, Ukraine, lady. I don't have a play on Sweden, Ukraine, um, luckily. Though I'm 1-0 in my side. I know. You, you played over the, when did you play? Over the weekend or late last week? Late I last think. week, yeah, yeah. I think it was on Thursday. I handed out a tie for the people and got gotcha. money, plus 220 on that one. Tried to hit those big ones last night. Didn't work so well for the Canadians. Yeah, no. <laughs> and didn't work well at all for the Tigers. They just got absolutely blitzed by the Indians. So we're going to come a little more casual here. I do like the Hawks tonight. I do see a bounce back after the way the back half of the fourth mm-hmm. quarter went in that game. Mm-hmm. You get seven right now. Yeah. Now, I see the juice is starting to trickle. I think that thing's going to be, if it's not already, I haven't looked here in the last few minutes, but if it's not at six and a half, it's going to get there. Right. If you can get that seven number, I'd be jumping aboard if you're like me and like the Hawks. And I also took a, a 100 to one for Bogdanovich to be the leading scorer in the game. A hundred to one? He, uh, when did they play? Sunday night, Trent? He certainly had his moments and he was filling it up and he was making some threes. So. And even that, I think he finished like four or 16. He gets shots. Yeah. If, if this is the game where he's hot and maybe it's a game where. He was where... three of 16. I got okay. it in front of him. He finished with eight. Two of, uh, well, I must have seen both of his threes because he <laughs> was only two of 10, but there was a little spurt there. He, uh, that he really it. had it going. Yeah, he's not completely healthy, but maybe it's one of those weird games where mm-hmm. the leading score has 24. And he's the dude at a hundred to one. I've made uh, I've made worse bets. I'll tell you that. Much. Look, I, I love you know how I feel about uh, about shopping for a price. That's right. certainly one of those. I don't like your chances, but then again, he's a hundred to one for a reason, right? To do so, right? So you're taking Bogdanovich to be the leading scorer at a hundred to one. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'll have too many folks jumping on board with that one, but we're certainly rooting for you. Throw a dollar on it with me, folks. Let's have some fun with this one. Uh, and then you're going to take the points tonight as they will try and even that series at two apiece. Um, Look, I, I hope they win. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see Milwaukee win the series, but I'd certainly like them to win the series in seven games. Uh, so we'll see here tonight. Any baseball at all? Uh, nothing that really jumped out at me, though. Just speaking of prices, I do like the Cubs' price. I understand how good Brandon Woodruff is, mm-hmm. but the Brewers are minus 230. That's a huge price on the Cubs on the backside of it. Any, I, I haven't seen um, wh- whether Rizzo's going to try and go tonight. They yeah. set him out last night after he had to leave the game on Sunday. with a, That back is flaring up again for him. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I, I just, look, it was a fun game last night. It was. Uh, Wisdom's home run, just a mammoth shot, as we talked about earlier, to tie it at four. Uh, bases loaded in the eighth, couldn't push one across. Unfortunately, at the bottom of the inning, that allowed the Brewers to take their place in the batter's box. And my, oh, my, did they ever. Eight run inning. Oh. Those are stingers. And, you know, by the end of it, you're getting blown out. 
I didn't have a problem going out and putting no, position player out there. No, absolutely not. Save your bullpen. Yeah, that's... You're not coming back. That's baseball today, right? Absolutely. And, and here's the thing, Trent. If they would have started to make a little rally in the ninth, mm-hmm. guess, who was waiting, guess who was waiting to come in and shut the door? Right. Right? Josh Hader, one of the best closers in the game. Uh, anyways, that is going to do it. Murph and Andy are coming up uh, at 1 o'clock, as, we, as they always are. Then the Fanatics are in at 3. I believe Cyclone Insider, Heinz, Petey, and company tonight. They are at 6. We are back tomorrow, but of course tomorrow, uh, another day. Dawns with local programming at 6 a.m. That's when you can hear the morning rush. We take over at 10. We're Miller and Condon. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're here every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 14. 1460 KXNO and 106.